recently there was a study that reported 60% of women who had had an abortion said they would have preferred to give birth. The problem was they didn't feel financially secure. They didn't have anybody in their family that would support them. Um, that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. So this is where preborn comes in. I, I think, you know, yelling at each other and trying to, you know, stop, forcibly stop people is just not the way to do it. We have to love people. We have to love the children that we want to save and the moms. I've met many of these mothers and none of them that I've met wanted to do that. They just didn't think they had an option. And quite honestly, in some ways they didn't when they first walked into a preborn center. A donation of $28 will help women make the choice that she won't have to regret. She sees an ultrasound that doubles the chance of life. And then because preborn actually cares about the mom too, they will take care of supporting the mom for the first two years of the baby's life. It changes life. Donate now. Preborn.com slash Glenn. Learning what you're about to hear. It's the first I've done that. Is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. You're listening. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Radio Hall of Famer. Radio the Glenn Beck Hall of Famer. Right here. Hey, here's the here's the thing. Um, coming up, I want to talk to you about learning from the past and learning from each other. We go there in 60 seconds. First, when a service member dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty, who is it that helps the family pick up the pieces? You know, you're, you're a service member. You die, your family with children. What is happening with them? How are they being taken care of? You get catastrophically injured. You come back and you're not the same person, but yet you are. You just can't do things the way you used to. If they lose their lives or are injured in the line of duty, Tunnel to Towers has that program. It includes Gold Star Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veterans programs that help families on the road to recovery. And their Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance all across America. Over 80 runs, walks, climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues even kids' educational programs, and the best part, over 95% of every, 95 cents on every dollar goes directly to those programs. So you can feel secure that this is a legitimate charity that is doing good with your hard-earned money. Would you help out with $11 a month at Tunnel to Towers? 
we want the government to do less, we have to do more. Go to T, the number two T dot org. That's T two T dot org. So I want to. Um, I want to talk to you about learning from one another, and this is something nobody wants to do, but we we have to. If you become like, quite honestly, I have been at times in my life where I just don't have anything to say to these people. I what am I going to talk to them about? I have nothing in common. What that means to me is. I don't think I can learn anything about them or anything about how they got to where they were. And that's when all progress stops. All progress, all learning stops. It's really bad. But right now, none of us want to talk to each other because we all feel like we're all surrounded by enemies. I want to play some audio, a conversation between um, a Republican representative and a Democrat representative. Listen to this conversation. I'm Dean Phillips, and I'm sitting with Tim Burchett from the great state of Tennessee. The only place in America where people don't speak with an accent. You know, going to your district was really illuminating to me. You know, I saw the beauty and, and I recognized that that's what we got to do. Got to okay. break bread together, go to each other's homes. You know, the people unwilling to talk to one another are the problem, period. Doesn't matter your politics. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've been in elevators when people will get in and see somebody in there and then they'll turn around and get out. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, are y'all 12? Yeah. We got a freaking country you're in, man. Frankly, I think... It's a dereliction of duty to avoid conversation in a place that's designed to provoke it and promote it. Agreed. And, and I'm a conservative. I'm a, you look at my voting record. I can't even see your record because it's so far to the right. My peripheral it. vision. It. But like me and you, when we agree, we agree. When we disagree, we disagree. But at the end of the day, we're still friends. Yeah. If we're not modeling it, why would we expect the country to be kind and respectful and you know, love each other? Yeah. Thank you, brother. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. This is the kind of conversations that we should have if everyone's entering in on good faith if you're just playing a game and not telling the truth on one side or the other then you're not gonna you're gonna waste time but if we have a few things in common like hey let's save the country then we can have real productive conversations dave i say is uh with us dave started 20 years ago StoryCorps. Um, this is something that he works with the National Archives and all of the stories of America it just gets regular people to come together and tell their story. And it's all preserved for the National Archives. Um, and then he's also started something else that we'll talk about here in a minute. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks good. for having me on, Glenn. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> 20 years ago, what was your idea? Well, you know, the, the the idea was to take journalism and kind of turn it on its head because when we do interviews with people, it's for a lot of people to hear. That's the yeah. that's the purpose. And I had been I had been uh, making documentaries for decades, doing radio for decades, and I saw that like people being interviewed it could have an impact on their lives. And I wanted to try something that turned everything around and said that you know the final product doesn't matter. We want to give everybody the chance to be listened to. So we set up a booth um, and then many booths across the country where you can bring your grandma, your your mother, a friend, 
and you sit for for 40 minutes and as you know the microphone gives you the license to say things you've never said before yeah um, unlike social media yes the <laughs> microphone at least to me is um i don't know it's it's almost permanent to me in some ways you know it it, well, radio, as you know, is and, and as you've shown, is magic. I mean, it's yeah. like it's so intimate when you're driving in a car and your radio's playing, that person's whispering in your ear. Yeah, you know, it's right. like they're there with you. Right. Um, and, and, you know, social media is the ultimate in impermanent. And mm-hmm. what we were trying to do, and it's, it's the, the Library of Congress that gets oh, all yeah, of these Library interviews, of Congress, yeah. that, um, you know, these are conversations that are built that, you know, we don't even know what they're going to mean to families 200 years from now, 100 years from now. So it's a chance to say the important things to the people who are most important to you. You know, again, the opposite of impermanent. You know, it's, it's shaking you on the shoulder and remembering, like, what's important in life. And then at the end of 40 minutes of talking to your loved one, you get a copy and another one, you know, go, it lives on and you become part of American history. Today, we just played the, the very last Beatles song ever yeah. produced. And we were talking about what AI can do, you know, and restoring stuff. Can you imagine if there was a guy like you, if we had the technology and we could have recorded the voices of the families in the Civil War that split inside and yeah. what we could call from that information, what we could learn from those conversations back then. Yeah, it's it's um, you know, I, I think what we're what we're collecting through StoryCorps, because we're not talking about our CVs. We're not really talking about what we accomplished. Yeah, we're talking about what we've learned. So it's the wisdom of humanity. And we need, you know, as you were saying before, you know, that that interview between the two members of Congress. Imagine if every member of Congress was like that. It ends with these two guys saying, I love you. Right. <laughs> I but mean, I when do you ever hear that? The, prob- <laughs> the, the, the problem is too many times is, you know, Jefferson said, question with boldness, even the very existence of God, for if there be a God, he must surely rather honest questioning yeah. over blindfolded fear. There's just not people are playing games with their parties and everything else. There's not enough. You know, I can sit down against somebody who vehemently disagrees with me and I disagree with them and say, look, there's a bigger thing at stake here. Can we get here on this, on this particular thing? And if you're dealing with somebody who doesn't have an agenda of winning, just has an agenda that is honest, they'll go. Oh man, it's killing me to work with you, but yes, yeah. let's do that. And yeah. there's just not enough of that. There, well, there's not enough of that that we hear about. Yeah, there's but not, the truth yeah. is, as you know, I mean, we both. What I mean, I think the thing that we share a lot in common, but our fierce love for this country, yeah, and having been out in this country and understanding the country. So what we hear is not real. Ninety percent of the country. And this is not, I'm not making this number up. Yeah. 89, 90, 90% of the country are the exhausted majority. Yes. They are sick of the divisions. They want to figure out a way through. They love the country. They want better things for their kids. They want another way. It's just that in places like social media, you know, every, like the shouting wins. And StoryCorps is an effort about whispering in people's ears. And I think that that's, you know, and whispering truths in people's ears. So how do we, how do we get this how, how do we make an impact here so i uh, well 
Uh, so it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And there's a lot of money on the line, you know, against like rooting for us to hate each other. Yes. And there's a lot of countries who like like nothing more than to see America fall apart. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, we're, it's an uphill battle. But I, I tend to think, and I don't know if, if you agree, but I think in the end, good wins. Oh, yeah, I agree. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on, you know, it's like, you know, everybody always says the truth will set you free. Yeah, it'll set you free. It'll make you miserable first because yeah. you got to pay for all of the mistakes. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what we have to go through to get there, but good will win. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I really believe that. And I also, I know that the people of this country, you know, are good. I do too. <laughs> I do too. And um, what we have to do is we have to change the social norms. What is happening now in this country? This is not normal, and it's and it's in in no way okay. Um, I just saw a statistic that was um, that was released last week, where twenty three percent of Americans, this is as of last week, say that um, we may have to resort to violence to save our country. I saw that. Now that's up from fifteen percent in twenty twenty one. So in twenty four months, and you and I see each other, you know. We've probably seen each other five times in 24 months. Yeah. We've been, so it's increased by 50%. And it is like we can't see each other through. We have to realize that no matter what our politics are, it's that just, we're just people. It's know. so frightening because we are, we, are, um, we are living in a place. I mean, like, for instance, I don't want to get all pol- political with you, but, um, you know, this, this Israel thing. I can live with people. There are people here who disagree with me on Israel and they have um, they think they have more compassion for the Palestinians than I do. But I I I don't want to see anybody's children die. I hate that. Right. Um, But I can't tolerate excusing terrorism. You cannot, you know, the ends do not justify the means or you become that if Israel went in and started just shooting innocent people. Um, I'd have a problem with that. We didn't do that. Hopefully we didn't do that in world war two. We didn't hate the Germans. We needed to stop the Nazis. We hated the Nazis, the German people we were fine with Palestinian people. I'm fine with Hamas and terrorists. I'm not, but we are still being pitted against each other. And it's really hard because you feel like I, I don't have anything in common. If you can't see that, how how do I live next door to you? But I think I think that if if um, when you sit uh, again, it's it when you sit down with people and you just talk to them, you're going to find out you have much more in common than you think you do. Oh yes, and that and that and and I. I, I so, um, and if you look at what's happening, and that's what we don't want. We don't want anything like that, what's happening in Israel, to happen here ever. Yes. And that's what happens when you have a completely polarized society. One of the things that can happen, and we can't let that happen. We have to keep seeing each other as human beings no matter what. And that's what one small step is. Yeah. You do StoryCorps and then one small step. Yeah. And this audience is the largest contributor to the conservative Yep. side right yeah and and i i have to so so what story core we've had seven hundred thousand people who love each other have these conversations and yeah. one small step just are strangers talking to each other across the political divide not to talk about politics ever 
just to get to know each other as human beings because it is it's hard to hate up close um as as you well know and uh the the Glenbeck audience is our it's our largest uh, so w- things we hear about the Glenbeck audience smart nuanced decent patriotic mm. you know not and 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 interested in listening to other people yeah they are the 90% that's great. They are the ninety percent, and every and and the the interviews that happen with Glenn Beck, like people are so excited when a Glenn Beck listener participates because no, <laughs> so it's going to be a good conversation. Oh. Um, and so you should know that about your. I, I mean, you're probably I not love surprised. This audience, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I, this this so, audience is completely different than I think most audiences around in right. many and different ways. Probably people who are don't aren't familiar with with your show or mm-hmm. just kind of are, are just like yeah think probably think your audience are bananas or yeah, something like yeah, sure you know yeah. not true yeah yeah thank you for saying <laughs> not that. true thank you and and this is this is and 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 i actually think that the look i we are thinking about the election and we're thinking about the aftermath of the election and what what's going to happen to this country i i, I mean i i know you and i have been talking Behind the scenes, yeah. for years, yeah, um, and there's a tsunami coming at us. You know, there, there's a there's a poison that's running through the the veins of this country. And in one small step, we have a small antidote to this. What can we do? We can just fight. We can just fight with what we have, and what we have right now is one small step. And I hope that people in your audience will sign up and be a part of this. How do we they have, do that? So we have thousands of people on a waiting list. If you're a Glenn Beck listener, top of the list immediately. <laughs> Really? You go right to the top of the list. Wow. So um, go to takeonesmallstep.org, takeonesmallstep.org. Mm-hmm. It's about five minutes to sign up, maybe less. Just sign up, and it's a one-hour conversation with someone across the political divide from you. Uh, it, you know, look, in this in this environment, like, people are nervous <laughs> doing oh, this, know you know. But they come out the other end, and they have a friend. That's so great. Yeah. It is so great. So if we can, and and we're just fighting to get this to scale as fast as we can before the election. I mean, this isn't going to end after the election, but no, look, no matter who wins this election, this election, half the country is going to think it was stolen. Oh, I know. So, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Dave, I know we're going to have a meeting after the yeah. show, but um, give me the web address again. It's takeonesmallstep.org. Okay. Take one small step. I can't recommend this highly enough. And if you're somebody that wants to make a positive difference, help take this step, please. Take one small step.org. Sign up for it. Thank you. Hang on just a second. Um, I've been um, singing American financing praises now for over a decade. And that's because they're really helping people like you in this audience. In this audience, the people who are uh, uh, doing business with American financing, they're saving an average of $700 a month. And you think, how? How is that even possible with interest rates going up? Well, because what you're, redo- what you're refinancing really is your credit cards. If you have a huge credit card bill and credit card interest rates now are as high as 33 to 35%, that is insanity. Call American Financing. See if they can't help you out. American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 10-second station ID.
You know, Dave, I've been I've been worried about anti-Semitism because it always goes hand in hand with collectivism and, and Marxism and nationalism and all of that. And uh, now we're seeing it like we've never seen it before. And, you know, I've been arguing that never again is a commitment to look at the seeds and pull them up when those weeds start coming up immediately. Don't wait for problems. You brought a story in. Can you tell me the story? Um, this is a dad uh, who was dying, and his daughter uh, talked to him before his death. Right? Yeah. So this is so this we are. So it's been twenty years, and I should say, StoryCorps won't surprise you. I mean, we're a nonprofit in every possible way, right? You don't pay to do this. Like everything, yeah, yeah. this is like all public service. So twenty years ago, Debbie Fisher, when we we had our first booth woman named Debbie Fisher came to StoryCorps with a friend, and she wanted to tell the story of her father, Oscar Fisher, who was a, a kid in Auschwitz. Um, he survived. His parents and all of his siblings were murdered. Um, and she wanted to talk about a conversation she had with him. Okay. We can't play the whole thing, so I don't want to play any of it. I, I just <laughs> okay. misjudged. We'll play it here after the bottom of the hour. Um, but it's a it's a powerful, powerful story. Um, and... Hopefully, we'll connect you to some of the things that we're trying to avoid today. 20 years, you started this. What is the unexpected revelation that you've had or the unexpected uh, lesson? What's what, what have I learned? Yeah. So, um, I, it's, so it, I, it, it's made me incredibly optimistic. It's made me love people. It's made me realize that no matter what your politics are, you know, that, that you know, it's what every, we've had a thousand facilitators, more than that, who serve a year or, or two with us, wow. collecting the wisdom of humanity, bearing witness to these interviews. And everyone gives a version of the Anne Frank quote, when they come off the booth, people are basically good. And there could have been some kind of a selection bias when we did 100, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000. Yeah, not now. Not now. Not now. So I am hopeful. I love this country more than I ever imagined that I would. And um, and I believe in people. You're such and, a good and, man. And the, the potential, if we can figure out how to get along, the potential yeah. of this country is it takes our breath away. Takeonesmallstep.org. Takeonesmallstep.org. Dave, thanks for being here. We're going to play that uh, StoryCorps lesson, father and daughter, next. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, if you've been living with pain in your daily life, I mean, can we stop making this about you? Gosh, can we talk about my pain? Me, 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 me. It's the Glenn Beck program. It's not the you program. Uh, I was in terrible, terrible pain and uh, probably much worse than anything that you've ever experienced. Uh, doesn't it kind of feel a little bit like that at times when you're talking to people who haven't lived in chronic pain? You talk to them and they're like, yeah, yeah, I've had pain before. Okay. It's a difference between a migraine and a headache, but okay. All right. Relief factor got me out of pain. Just try it. Three week quick start. It's 1995. It comes with relief factors. Feel better or your money back guarantee. So really you don't have anything to lose here. Just try it for three weeks. Relieffactor.com or call 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800 for relief relieffactor.com 
When you feel the difference, you know it works. ReliefFactor.com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the code Glenn Plus. You will save 36 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn uh, Beck program. All right. So let me play this uh, story of history and perhaps we can learn from it. StoryCorps, listen. My father was a Holocaust survivor. He had survived the same camp as Elie Wiesel. They were both the same age. And when my dad was alive and through school, I was reading Night. I was 14 years old and I went to my dad and I said, you know, I'm just reading this book. Is this the same Auschwitz? Because this is horrible. And my father said, oh no, it's a different Auschwitz. So for a long time, I really thought there were two. You know, my father's Auschwitz was a kinder, gentler Auschwitz. There was never a moment where people were dying in front of him. The worst happened the first night, and they killed his siblings, and they killed his parents. And then from that moment on, it was a bunch of strong-willed boys, and they took over. They stole bread and water, and they could hide it under their striped pajamas, as he called them. It was sort of like Robin Hood and his merry men meet the Nazis in my father's Auschwitz. And that was the story we were given. But... When he was very, very sick in the hospital and I knew I was losing him, I realized that there was no going back and that if I didn't make my move, I could not return to the moment of having access to his memories. And this time he was really tired and he wasn't feeling well. And I said, I need to ask you about your time there, your now Schwitz dad, it's important. And I remember he looked at me and he had real anger in his face and in his eyes. He said, you know, Debbie, from the time that you were a young girl, you always asked your questions. And I always told you, we got food, we got bread, we divided it up, we didn't suffer. It was fine. And you keep bothering me and asking me the question. And I keep telling you, like as if I'm in a room, stop knocking on the door, go away. I do not want to let you in this room. And yet you keep coming back saying, let me in. And he said, so I'll ask you one more time to go away. And he said, and if you knock again, I'll let you in. But if I let you in this room, you will never, ever get out. So do you want to knock again and come in? And I said, yes, I do, Dad. And he was crying. And I remember he had covers on his body because he was really skinny and very, very weak. And he kicked all the covers off as if he was kicking down a door. And he said, fine, come in then. He said, come into a room that you can never leave. Come in. And then I said, can I ask you my questions? He said, you're in the room, you can ask anything. And I asked him everything that I ever wanted to ask. I asked him to tell me the real story, and he did. It was painful and scary and sickening. I felt a part of me had died. And he's right, once you're in that room, you can't get out. It's always with you. This is the reason why Israel exists. For that reason. They're not asking for military men to come and fight. They really, they really only want the world to say, you have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to, to go after people that came into houses and killed children and 
raped women and kidnapped people, you have a right to go get them. Because if there's no Israel, then they are at the mercy of every other country. Wherever they live, that's not theirs. That's somebody else's country. America was the only real bright spot because we believe you can come here and become an American, and it is your country. That really isn't that way that much anymore. People aren't coming here to make it their country. They're trying to make it their old country. And now Jews are under attack here in America. And uh, I, for one, don't think that they should have to hide in people's basements and be at other people's mercy. I think if they want to have a gun and it's their country, they can have a gun. If somebody comes into their house to kill their family, I have no problem with them killing them. Self-defense. And the same thing for the country. But we've probably talked way too much about all of that stuff this week. Um, there is uh, something going on in Washington now that is just making me sick to my stomach. Um Tuberville, Tommy Tuberville, the Tuberville um, from Alabama, he has been protesting the Pentagon's use of U.S. taxpayer dollars to subsidize service members' abortions. Do you remember when we all decided, Democrats included, no taxpayer money will ever go to that? Well, that's all he's protesting. And he's not shutting the Pentagon down. He's just saying, you know what? There's a fast way to get people their commissions and their, um, you know, their salary raises and their boost in, in status. We can do this the slow way or we can do this the fast way. But uh, I don't believe that we should have anybody paying for someone else's abortion. That's not the government's place. And we're not doing it in the Pentagon. And now the left is screaming that it's putting our soldiers in danger. No, it's not. No, it's not. How? How is that happening? By the way, people are just having to go in one by one. Instead of having one vote, you have to vote on each person. And he can't stop that. Well, the Democrats have been very upset about it. And now uh, you have Mitch McConnell... And you have the Alaska senator, Dan Sullivan, uh, who, you know, got up on the floor and just attacked uh, Tuberville and his protest. And now he has gathered his little merry band of GOP war hawks and wussies. Senator uh, Joni Ernst, Lindsey Graham, of course, Todd Young of Indiana. And what would a pack of weasels be without Mitt Romney? Incomplete. It would always be incomplete. Um, yeah, I, I, for one, am just tired of, I'm just tired of these people always compromising uh, our, our hardcore values. Yes. Hardcore values. Why should the taxpayer pay for something that they might think is murder, murder. No. If any of these guys say they're they're pro-life, you're not pro-life. You're not pro-life. We're not talking about banning abortions. 
We're talking about the taxpayer not funding the abortion in the Pentagon. No. God, weasels. I looked at the conservative review Liberty scores on the five senators you mentioned. Uh, Sullivan, 64%. Ernst, 62%. Young, 52%. Romney, 52%. Lindsey Graham, actually lower than Romney, 43%. Jeez. That's amazing. Yeah, not a great group. By the way, Lynn Cheney's back at it. She says... Liz Cheney? uh, Liz Cheney. uh, Speaker Johnson is dangerous because of his faith. He's undermining our republic. Shut up. It's so weird, too. Like, the Liz Cheney thing. You know, she's not like... I'm trying to think of, like, uh, Adam Kinzinger, right? Who's a guy who basically went on MSNBC while he was a congressman the entire time and sounded like a liberal, right? And he criticized Trump, and he... Liz Cheney has a relatively... I I should look up her conservative review score as we do this. Uh, It's not terrible, she had a conservative voting record, and she voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and mm-hmm. 2020. In 2020. And now, all of a sudden, she's not only against Donald Trump, which you could maybe argue would be yeah. understandable from her perspective. She didn't like what happened on January 6th. Maybe Fine. it totally turned her around on this person. Okay. But how, then, can you also be against every other conservative all of a sudden? Because like, I just, you're changing your entire philosophy. No, because these people have such thin skin that if you stand against me, then you're my enemy. Mm. I mean, Stu, how, this is a, honestly, this is a blessing God has given me. And that is a horrible memory. Horrible. When it comes to personal attacks on me and names and faces and stuff like that, I can store so much, well, except for in this job, useless information up in my head. But how many times have people attacked me and then they've wanted to come on the show years later and you'd be like, ah, uh, no. Oh, do well, you remember? Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always telling Glenn not to book people. Right. And no, because I don't really care. I know. I don't care about that. It doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, so what? So what? doesn't make much of a difference. And in the grand scheme of things. But the people in Washington cannot do that. They take everything personally. And I'll bet you that Cheney is one of those people that because the conservatives stood up against her, you're all worthless. I got news for you. I will work with anyone if they want to save the country. I'll work with anyone. You got the you got the Bill of Rights in common? I am with you. I am with you. Oh, let's see. What else did we not get to um, today? Uh, the Mike Johnson thing is crazy, by the way. Yeah, we did a show on the sort of uh, Speaker Johnson derangement syndrome, which has popped up here over the over the past week. No one knew who he was a couple of weeks ago. Now he's the worst person ever. And just going through the headlines, they are blaming him for everything. You know, his his religious beliefs are terrible. His He's so conservative. He was the centerpiece of the January 6th, um, uh, you know, assaults on the Capitol, on our democracy. Oh, shut up. By the way, one of the pieces of evidence, this is interesting, Glenn, one of the pieces of evidence they used to support this idea that he was, you know, in the middle of the January 6th thing yeah. is he was one of the authors of an amicus brief that went on and tied into the Texas lawsuit that was trying to get some of these states looked at 
Um, and I was like, you know, I don't remember it exactly. I wanted to go back and look at it. So I did. I went back and read it. First of all, it's not about it's this is not about venezuelan sydney powell um mm-hmm. stuff at all right. it's, it's about things like well the procedure in pennsylvania to change the rules it's supposed to be done through the legislature they did it through the courts that was a problem we have a problem with it um it was it was these like there was academic you know i hate to put it this way because you know some people are very attached to certain parts of this story but like mm-hmm. if you want to look at the way the mainstream media would look at this or mainstream conservatives would look at this You'd say that there were some group, some of these accusations about the the election were sort of not so serious and some were serious. Yes. Right. The, he he wrote an amicus brief about the serious ones, all the very fundamental legal problems, the process issues with the election at the time. Most importantly, even more importantly than that, though, is the very front page of the amicus brief, which shows the most important detail. December 10th, 2020. Before Safe Harbor Day, in the window of of election uh, legal uh, um, and, questioning that is completely allowed and the same and done by every party every year. Right. And the same thing that was done with Alan Dershowitz mm-hmm. and the legal team for Al Gore in December yeah. of 2000. If you're before December 14th, your campaign not only... Um, should could but should and and it really is falling down on the job if they don't question things that they think might help them if they believe they're real and look you could talk to this is not just fringe legal theory tons of people believe that what happened in pennsylvania was wrong the problem with the way the the trump campaign and many on on the right uh, dealt with that was they didn't challenge it when it occurred they waited until trump you know, lost Pennsylvania to go back and say, hey, wait a minute, we didn't like the way you changed the law six months ago. And and on it, that was one of the big reasons they didn't win. I think if they would have char- honestly challenged that at the beginning, they would have won. Yes, they would have. I think they would have. All right. Uh, big migrant caravan is uh, coming our way. Good. Uh, there's a an additional uh, complication on this 7,000 people at our border. And I'll tell you about that coming up in just a second. First, over the years, I've encouraged you to lock down your finances in every possible way. That when things get really bad, you're prepared. Spread out your risk as thin as you can. That time has arrived. We're facing historic inflation with a potential for a depression. Our supply chains are horribly disrupted. Everything's a mess. Please, I urge you, call Goldline. You could be building a hedge against insanity. And it's no longer a question of if we've all gone insane. It's a question of how long is this insanity going to last? Get prepared. Here's the deal. With every box of 50 of Goldline's exclusive and industry-leading two-ounce silver maple flex bars, you're going to receive at no additional cost 50 of the one-gram mind-your-business silver bars. That means with every box of maple flex, you're going to get 1,000 individual pieces of silver. Also, if you returned a survey from Goldline recently, you qualify for additional bonuses on top of this special as well. So this all comes from a survey they did. What do people want? More people wanted silver. You asked for it. They got it. Call today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. 
All right, so we still have open borders. The president doesn't care. Congress doesn't seem to care. There's a migrant caravan, another one, that has swelled by a 1,000 people since this time yesterday. Uh, We now know that Chinese citizens, a lot of them, are headed to the United States in that caravan. Uh, And apparently some Chinese... Would you call them officials? Chinese influencers are showing the migrants how to cross the U.S. southern border. So let's see. We've got people from the Middle East. We have good families that seemingly left all their families at home because most of what you see are 20 something men. Uh, we have Middle East. We have now have China. We have Russians. We have Iranians. We have 150 Iranian and Syrians that have come across that we caught, that we caught in the last month. Uh, So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Gee, do you think China, Iran, Russia might be colluding to destroy the United States of America and the Western way of life? Hmm. I don't know. But certainly this administration is not helping. Certainly the leftists and the anarchists are not aiding and abetting the glenn back program